Hey everybody, it's Eric Torenberg, co-founder, partner of Village Global, a network-driven venture firm. And this is Venture Stories, a podcast covering topics relating to tech and business with world-leading experts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Village Global's Venture Stories. I'm here today joined by two very special guests, Pierre Richelson and Andreas Klinger, both of the OnDeck team. Uh, Pierre, Andreas, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Eric. Thanks for having me. So we have two uh, two exciting announcements uh, that we, we've just made. Um, uh, Andreas has joined the, the team as, as, as CTO uh, and, and, and leading our product. Um, and, and Pierre has, has also joined the team uh, as, as leading our product. We made the acquisition of, of, of Lean Hire. So uh, by way of introduction, uh, Andreas, why don't you talk about why you were so excited to, uh, to, to join on deck, how it fit to your, into your, your dreams of uh, enabling global talent, and then we'll get into uh, to Lean Hire and, and Pierre's journey. Yeah, totally. This, this almost feels like an info commercial, like three people <laughs> about uh, on deck talking about on deck. I love it. <laughs> So the main motivation for me is uh, very similar to the, the one that we had back then at Product Hunt. There's a lot of talented people worldwide and uh, in, it's very common that network or access is just a limiting factor. And uh, right now, OnDeck is, uh, I would say, the number one platform to change that. It's, it's not an accelerator. It's not just online education. It's something completely new and uh, basically enables anybody, no matter where they are, if they're awesome, to work with amazing people worldwide. Love that. Uh, and Pierre, why don't you talk about, your, uh, your, your, by way of introduction, what you're motivated by and, and what you're doing with Lean Hire and how that fits into, into OnDeck? Yeah, well, I mean, Andreas has been a guest on the show, so I think there's a little bit of background about Andreas. Um, I, my background is, I would say, quite similar. Andreas is from, from Austria. I'm from Germany, as you may have heard from the accent, but... I was a YC founder in 2019 in the winter batch. The startup I was running was called Mage and that was didn't, didn't work out uh, because of COVID and other reasons uh, we had to shut down in March. And then I was lost. Like I didn't have a job. <laughs> I had nothing to work on during a pandemic. And I was just like looking for some projects to work on as a, as a previous founder and product driven person. And then I posted like a, a simple blog post in, in the YC forum of like, hey, I'm looking for some jobs. Do you have some work for me? And uh, yeah, like 10 companies reached out like within, I think, 24 hours. And there was just too many to work on. I was actually talking to some other YC founders who were also struggling or even shutting down during that time in the pandemic. And we decided to make like a Slack group. So everything kind of fell into place to launch like a very, very simple version of a marketplace which eventually turned into Lean Hire. So I've always, like after shutting down Mage, I've always cared about like helping my fellow friends and founders like succeed after shutting down. I think there is a massive gap in terms of like, what do people next after being a founder? And some people just want to get straight back into starting the next company and others just want to join other companies as meaningful roles. So that's what I've been really loving about OnDeck is the, the transition for anyone, whether it's a founder to employee or employee to founder or um, anything that's in between two things. And, and talk about uh, Lean Hire and how the acquisition fits into OnDeck's roadmap. And then we'll get into the contract to hire movement. So Lean Hire was basically something I'd never really intended to start. Like, as I said before, like so many companies were like reaching out and, and then fellows, we just had a Slack group of 
five people looking for jobs. And, and then people started inviting their friends who were also shutting down, mostly YC founders. And stuff started to snowball that we couldn't keep track of like how many projects were coming in. And so we decided to build like a simple web app. Um, the reason why I'm very excited to now join on deck with the acquisition is that it's just a very similar target group and, and, and the, the way to help people. Um, what OnDeck is doing incredibly well is the, the three months program, which have been ongoing for a few, almost two years now, right? Like the first one was like, like two years ago. And But one thing I see a lot of more opportunities is in the hiring space, because one thing that OnDeck is doing is co-founder matching. But what happens about the first engineer? What happens about the first head of something? And these roles are very hard. And especially early stage companies don't do a good, well, they just don't know the hiring playbook yet. And most of the time, the roles are not well-defined. You just need someone to do something. Just, hey, can you help me out for two months? Uh, I need to get this MVP out the door. And that's where I think contract to hire like really shines. Totally. And so let me just zoom out uh, first and talk about why global hiring is broken. Uh, and then we can talk about how, how contract to hire fixes a lot of these problems. But Andreas, why don't you uh, start with the over- your overview? Yeah, so for, for context, I was uh, at AngelList, I was working on the uh, job board talent platform, recruiting platform, uh, special focus on remote hiring, global hiring. Uh, I, my personal take is that the main reason why hiring in general, but especially global hiring is broken is, I think the, the, there's like two aspects of this. Like number one is uh, credentials don't work um, globally. You don't know the university where somebody went through. You don't know the companies they worked for. You might not know the network and so on and so on. That's number one. And number two is that we, in many, many companies actually hire almost schizophrenic. They hire completely contrary to how they actually work on projects. They make hiring almost like this virtual artificial thing, like this, this I don't know, mental exercise. Uh, like a classic one is like back in the days when we had like, whiteboard test with uh, uh, algorithms and all this kind of stuff. And nobody would ever do that in an in actual workplace. And with, with designers, you sometimes have like uh, reviews of uh, portfolios where you like nitpick about stuff you would never care about in real world. And in other roles, you have weeks of interviews uh, for a role. And the weirdest thing here to me personally is uh, the people who are usually doing these interviews have barely any training and it, it leads to this whole convoluted mess of basically you don't properly, you're not properly able to judge this CV. Let's say you, let's somehow you figure out how to judge the CV. You have a process that doesn't really represent what you actually do in, your, in the actual workplace. And you have it done by people who don't have any professional training for it. And this together is just such an absurd, abstract approach that looking back, I think in a few years from now, we look back and we'll be just like, okay, how did we ever do that? Yeah, I fully agree with Andreas. My, my background is more focused on the, the founder side looking for jobs. And what I've heard the most is like, I don't apply, like my profile doesn't work for this job description. Um, a lot of founders I talk to, especially in YC and on deck, they don't like, maybe they have a bachelor, maybe not, but um, a lot of the people just want to build stuff and, and crank something out and build something that they've like that they're dreaming of or something. And when companies start picking up these classic playbook, which Andreas just mentioned, they just be like, okay, so how many years of college do we need? Okay, let's do four. Well, maybe five. 
And then, okay, how much experience of React do we need? Well, let's do 10. And then React is only like eight years old or something. So I think if you look at the job boards, a lot of um, the job boards just don't make any sense in terms of like for early stage companies to actually design one or like come up with one. But also the opposite, just going straight for only contractors is also not working. If you think of uh, like Upwork or or um, what's the other ones, uh, Fiverr, you don't really want to go down that rabbit hole as well because there's also like a very, very hard way to, to uh, filter out um, who you actually want to work with for long term. So the contract to hire space makes it much, much, much easier to try someone uh, for like, let's say one month and then see if it's if it's a fit and then you continue or you you shake hands, you you pay them well, and then you you discontinue the work. Say more from the candidate side, why more people should be excited about this this potential path and, and what frame how, how they should approach it. So the most common feedback I've heard from, I'd say, top talent people is that they get too many jobs, which they could apply to, like LinkedIn recruiters spamming their inbox. They're not even opening them anymore. Um, if, if you have a strong background, strong profile, you basically can work at almost every tech company um, because there's, everyone's hiring. So for them, the biggest strength of contract to hire is that you can actually try before you commit for like a two-year salary or two-year uh, employment. You know, like being fired, hired and fired is, is, is annoying and painful for both parties. So let's just uh, skip the paperwork and, the, and just get started like tomorrow. And I think that's a very compelling reason to just try, let's say, one or two projects before actually committing on the third one or something. And, and then let's talk about from the from the company perspective, how do you make sure that you do it well? How do you set up infrastructure for it? What are common challenges that companies face while doing it and should be prepared for? So over at Lean High, we try to kind of standardize the process that everyone knows like what, what they're signing up for, that the contractors know, even though you make a project, that it does not necessarily mean you would get a placement, but also the companies know that, well, this is a project and we also need to like do our best and show that they want to join. So um, being upfront about the expectations is very important. You don't have that for Upwork or Fiverr. People abuse it to kind of like, hey, let's start as a contractor and then they might turn it into a full-time position. But uh, we try to have this contract to hire like from the get-go and and standardize the process of like, hey, make at least a project worth like fifteen dollars to $20,000 in, in, in project size, only do project-based billing because once you go into like uh, an hourly rate, then it's really hard to calculate and, and um, that can go like it, it can become an incredible mess. So we're trying to standardize the whole process and obviously having a middleman in between who, who focuses on everyone's being like treated fairly is, is, a, is a huge benefit. And that's something that a recruiter would not do that they basically stop most of the time once you've kind of did the intro or you signed the paperwork. So what are other sort of like products or systems um, do you think that will need to be built or need to be scaled in order to to make this a um, a norm or to make this really popular and 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 the de- default for so many companies? I think um, on a technical point of view, it's quite common for companies to post projects. Well, whether it's um, like, hey, I need this integration into GitHub or something like these very scope projects. It's very it's less common for for non technical roles, although it's getting more and more. Uh, especially because of the remote world we're now living in, 
it's much easier to sign up someone as a contractor and, and, and get started than going through all the paperwork of employing a German at a U.S. company. You know, like that's it's still hard. You know, you need a U.S. visa or, or a German subsidiary. So I believe that with a push to remote work, a lot of more people want to just get started before <laughs> doing all the necessary paperwork, whether it's non-technical or technical. So for technical roles, I think designing or giving at least examples of companies that have done this before, like, like case studies or something like, Hey, for a salesperson, close 10 clients. Like that's your initial project. Um, I've see I've see I see this coming up more and more where like you don't straight up hire a sales guy immediately. If you don't know if he's actually good at closing, but if he closes 10 companies within the first month, well, that's, that's a great sign of, of, of uh, skill sets. Totally. Andreas, you're excited about it for, for a number of different reasons. Now, some candidates are scared to leave their you know cushy job or whatever it is to, to take on some of this risk. How, how do we make sure that the employers and employees and, and, and contractors have sort of the right expectations and alignment such that, you know, that, that they can be more secure in, 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 in having clear expectations that if they perform to a certain level, uh, they will, you know, they will get the job. So the, the beauty of contract to hire is you don't start with an abstract role definition or with like a weird long job description. You start with having a problem and basically just saying we need somebody to solve it. And this is how you start. You literally define a problem, a project, put this on, for example, a platform like Lean Hire and say we need the right person. The interesting part here is um, concepts like contract to hire, Lean Hire attract very, very different kind of people like it would normally get on Upwork. It's not people who want like a lot of small little projects. It's actually people who want to like dig deep into one super interesting product over a longer time, but are just do not want to like basically bet on the wrong horse from, from the get go. And like want to like kind of like see if it's a good fit. So first of all, the, 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 the advantage you have is you, you start with the right kind of people. And what, what's your challenge now is to define the right goals, right expectations, and also like create like fair boundaries. The good thing is like a platform, for example, like Lean Hire pre-create the audience pool. So like that helps you in general, like around expectations and everything. The most important thing from my point of view is you need to define the project as like one unit with like one payment. And at the same time, already roughly define, ideally in the detail defined, but at least roughly define the, the job that's afterwards coming out of that. So what is the salary I'm getting afterwards? What's the equity I'm getting afterwards? So that it's fair to both sides. So if I now work with you two weeks on this one project to, I don't know, build you this one iOS prototype, I want to also have the confidence that afterwards the job that you offer me is actually something that I do want. So the more transparency you can create early on, the better. The other thing that works really well is um, assuming your team can handle this kind of stuff is uh, embedding them into your actual team. So do not make this like a completely isolated thing. Ideally have them normally like as part of your team. If you need to like make like a mixed thing here, you know, maybe you're trying out two people at once or something like that. Sometimes this happens. Um, you're, you're working with like, private Slack groups and this kind of stuff. It's very, very common, uh, like in, in especially remote teams to hire like that. So for example, uh, Webflow is famous for this. They basically um, have one, like the very few cultural fit interviews and directly afterwards to like one week contract to hire. 
like directly afterwards and you get like full onboarding for one week. And if it's not a fit, you're offboard after one week. The same concept is called in a lot of other remote teams, a uh, hack week. So you basically join a company in a hack week. You work on like one project for this one week. And if it's not a good fit, you're offboard. The good thing about framing it around um, contract to hire and like lean hire is you can define it around like one specific thing that you actually need anyway. We need this re rewrite of the iOS app. We need this new feature over here. And this here, even if the hire doesn't earn how not to be a good fit, this here becomes actually like a, like a valuable addition to your product. So um, it's not just like somebody joining your company for like a weekend, like maybe it's a good fit. It's like somebody actually working towards a very specific goal that you need as a business. And especially like early stage companies, like in OnDeck, this is what, what they desperately need. For people who are still, you know, married to their traditional hiring process, um, you, you have a couple lines that you usually like to say, like, people aren't as good as hiring as they think. And sometimes it's just survivorship bias. Uh, so, say, say a bit more about that for people who are wedded to their, you know, like, no, we have a process and, and we've hired so many people and we're doing well. I think uh, a lot of companies have problems identifying early talent when it's just a CV or just interviews. Um, people can say A and do B, like do perform incredibly well in interviews and then the first week of, of work um, they might not be a good fit or in the first month. So I think being open as a, as a later stage company that has these um, hiring processes in place, I think it's op it opens you up to more more insights early on. So I think it all boils down whether you you want to have uh, a standardized process that is like a big funnel or more specifically higher uh, from a pre-vetted funnel that maybe like you, you, tr you trust already like on deck or, or, or lean higher, which is uh, also a lot of YC founders bef uh, who are joining. So um, that, that just saves you some time on, on some interviews. Now, I think for companies who have like an existing playbook, I think it's always good to like reflect on your own practices and just give it a try, like give it a try for like once or twice. Um, there's very little risk to get started, you know, like there's when, when using a platform like lean hire, every contractor is like, uh, like, uh, compliant with all the labor laws and IP transfer rights and, and NDA. So it's, there's very low risk on, on onboarding someone, especially when you give them access to only like a, a copy of a staging database or something. So I think more companies should give it a try just to see if their process still works in a COVID like world. Um, a lot of stuff has changed and we all know that you can't physically copy paste like a whiteboard. So obviously there's a lot of stuff happening that just does not work uh, in a physical world. And I do remember when I was running my company in an office that it's much easier to get to know someone when you just have them in the same office and like give a handshake, guide them around the office and have the team talk. And that just doesn't happen anymore in a remote work. So how do we de-risk like that part? I think that's where contractor hire makes a lot of sense. One thing also like worth remembering is the people you hire will hire the next people. So any problem you have in your hiring process will basically compound over time. Any problem you have in your talent pipeline will compound over time. Every mistake you do compounds over time and so on and so on. Like my biggest bad beef with most companies is that they're extremely opinionated about their interviewing and hiring process but are actually not trained in it and are not really good in it. 
And uh, to the point that I believe in many companies, after the first two interviews, you could just basically introduce a random coin toss if you hire somebody or not. And you would most likely have the same outcome in, in quality. It's the, so like, long story short, I'm a strong believer in getting people to work on actual projects as quickly as possible. And it's also like a good way to convince, I would say, people who you normally couldn't easily employ. Uh, I, I think um, I'm, for example, a good example of, for that. So technically, I'm an investor in OnDeck. And Eric and David basically approached me with like several problems they had. We're like, hey, can you just like quickly help? Like kind of like save your own investment kind of approach. You know what I mean? Um, I started doing that and it was meant to be like 10 hours a week, became a little bit more, became another project, another project. And all of a sudden we're talking that I should join as a CTO. And I think I would not be, A, I wouldn't fit in any normal hiring process. Like I just wouldn't go through like this kind of process at all. Like neither would, because I don't want to. And second of all, because I don't think I would be really good in it. And uh, second of all, it's just really, really hard to convince me to join a company. Uh, and I think that's true for a lot of people out there. And uh, yeah, that's just like another, just I would say like silver bullet to solve this. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think uh, that, that's a great point. Maybe let's close on just talking about a bit about the, uh, the product vision because we, you know, we have two announcements. You guys are both respectively leading that vision. Uh, Pierre, you, you just joined as head of product. Where, where is uh, Ondex product uh, going? Pierre, w- w- want to start us off? So uh, for those of you who follow Ondex already, um, we are trying to build like the most sophisticated community for, for tech, uh, for people in tech and beyond. And um, what, what David said in the past was that people come for the community. It's, it's such a strong pull and, such a massive uh, like benefit to, to be in this network, whether it's joining a company or starting a company, and they stay for the tools. Now, both of our jobs, uh, Andreas as CTO and me as head of product, is to make sure that these tools are just like top-notch and solve a lot of the pain points, whether it's finding a co-founder, finding founding engineers where Lean Hire can, can come into play, or, or or finding your first angel check or or whatever it is, offering deals to other companies. That's where uh, a strong product makes a huge difference, and and I'm very very excited to build build it out and and uh, be a, a big part of, of design designing the the overall roadmap. Andreas, any, any last words you want to leave us with, and, and what uh, what people can expect, uh, or, or more beyond what Pierre said about the on deck product. In simple terms, OnDeck is essentially building, I would say, two things at once. One is a private social network that focuses very much on being goal-driven, like objective-driven. For example, finding a co-founder, starting a company, becoming a professional writer, becoming a professional angel, and so on and so on. And the second part is an online education platform that um, has like one uh, special, I would say, twist is that every cohort, every program supplements the other programs. So we have the founders who build companies that the angels want to invest in and so on and so on. The, in, in tooling, um, especially like Lean Hire will become super interesting. Uh, if you're starting a new company, you need somebody, for example, to help you building out your first prototype or to help you out building the brand identity of your first company. This is where Lean Hire can come become super useful. Like instead of like writing like a long job description, you basically kick off this one project. The uh, other part where Lean Hire can become super useful and will become super useful is 
let's say your company or your project doesn't work out uh, and you want to join something else, um, or maybe you're just like, an, let's say, an angel investor and you're looking to see if there's something interesting out there that excites you, um, you have projects that you can join on, like either uh, short term to just like figure out if it's a fit and uh, like just like to get, make some money and get by or long term to actually join the next rocket ship early on. And uh, this is the kind of stuff we're going to build over the next, I would say, few months. Awesome. That's a great place to close. My guest uh, today have been Andreas Klinger and, and Pierre Richardson. Guys, thanks for coming, uh, coming on the podcast. Eric, thank you so much for having us. Thanks for having us. If you're an early stage entrepreneur, we'd love to hear from you. Check us out at villageglobal.vc.